the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greeny. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. everyone and thank you very much for tuning into the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. Uh, my name's Ellie Greeny and Sandra Patel is here with me today doing the recording along with our amazing guest Richard Kenny who is a group IT director at TechFire. So we've just have been having a bit of a giggle because I had a brace fitted last night so I sound a little bit different. <laughs> I may get a little bit tongue-tied, but please bear with me today. We're so excited to have Rich on the show. So TechBuyer, if you haven't heard of them, they're a global leader in buying, refurbishing and selling enterprise IT equipment. Not only do they sell brand new IT parts, they also buy used parts such as servers, memory and storage to turn them into low-cost quality refurbished IT equipment. Tongue twisters that started already. Yeah, <laughs> Back in 2005, they were founded, and TechBuyer has grown from a company run by just two people to start to a global business with multiple warehouse facilities located all across the world. They have decades of experience in buying used enterprise IT hardware and selling new and refurbished IT parts, and work with thousands of companies across over 100 companies, 100 countries worldwide. So not only is Rich the group ID, um, IT director, but also he's a trustee at Claro Mental Health and a sports commentator for MMA, boxing and Mai Tai. Yep. Is yep. it Mai Tai? Or is it well, Mai Tai? Mai Tai. Mai Tai. Yeah. I always say Mai Tai, you say Mai Tai, it's Mai Tai. I think Mai Tai is the cocktail. Oh, was it? Oh, wait. It may have given yourself away a bit there. There we go. Sorry, you probably know more about me already. There we go. But nice to have you on, Rich. Nice to Thank you very much for inviting me. Hmm. Fantastic. Great to have you on. And um, I was um, actually really interested to hear that you're a a trustee um, at Claro Mental Health. Actually, I think Ellie's spoken to you about um, a virtual event that I um, run around mindfulness and health and well-being so it'd be good to maybe at some point get you involved um in yeah, that great. as well so um i always like to start these with um just getting a little bit of background i guess setting the scene the context for our listeners um and viewers um just to understand more about you where how you got into tech where it all started right from kind of i guess um going to school and leaving school and kind of what you went on to do then and then how you got to where you are today cool um yeah my name's rich i'm the it director at tech buyer 36 years old um i started really been into tech when i was quite little so probably about like eight or nine years old me and my brother used to build pcs and stuff like that kind of before there was manuals it was just all like unplug rip it apart so you could build uh when i was about 13 or 14 i used to go to like auctions with my dad um and we'd like i'd often buy sort of it equipment and resell it so even at a really young age, I was kind of doing bits and pieces. A young little entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I used to love it. I used to sell out the back of the car um, before we got home. It was good. Made quite a bit of money out of it. Really liked it. And then I kind of fell off it and got into sport. So I was kind of mad on rugby till I was about sort of 19. So school took a huge backseat. Um, I just wanted to play sport all the time. So all I wanted to do was play rugby and box. Um, 
So up until I was 18, I kind of thought I might be a professional rugby player, but turns out I'm pretty rubbish at it. Um, <laughs> so like that was never going to be the future. Uh, you know, when you realise you kind of stop growing and you're thinking the only thing that was, I was good at was like being tough and running into people. And then you realise you've gone from being relatively big to quite tiny. Um, so that kind of disappeared. So I was initially going to uni at Nottingham. Uh, had a bit of a nightmare situation there um, and ended up not going and then getting a job in Bowling Alley for a bit when I was about 18, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was during that time I was, I was kind of talking to a lot of people around sustainability and uh, sort of mental health and uh, a little bit around volunteering. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll go to, I'll go to Burma and volunteer and do bits and pieces. Started speaking to a friend and he said, why don't you go and do a degree in international development? because then you can kind of do something beneficial rather than just giving you time. You can actually build something useful. So that's what I did. I went to UEA, went to university for three or four years. Midway through that, I got offered a, an internship in London at Adam Smith International, which was to work in like, enterprise reform. So using the base of economics degree to kind of help developing countries come up with uh, initiatives around finance. Uh, wow. within six months, I decided that actually I really liked project management. thought it was wicked. I wanted to do kind of the rest of my life. I graduated. Uh, and started working towards that, went and worked as a, as a PT for a little while, while I kind of found a good PM job. And then in 2012, I got my first project management job in tech, uh, primarily doing e-commerce and sort of integration work. Was there for about three or four years, got offered a job as an ops director at another agency, worked there for a little while, uh, and then got picked up by tech by and got approached about three and a half years ago to come and work for them. Wow, fantastic. Probably the best decision I've ever made in my entire life, if I'm honest, like coming here. <laughs> and um you left you left um a bit of a claim to fame out there didn't you because i understand you um didn't you were you involved in some of the projects or worked at the olympics yeah i used to work as a drugs tester for uh sort of uk anti-doping when it was kicking yeah. off so around about 2009 i started working with them on a sort of contract basis so did some work for them at the olympics at like the rugby world cup stuff like that so yeah i spent a lot of time yeah. around athletes and stuff primarily rugby league um, they're all good lads. So, um, yeah, I had a few interesting experiences, but nothing we can really talk about. <laughs> I bet you had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was good times. You get to watch a lot of sport, and that's what I'm into. So, yeah, it was great. Max, actually, one of the guys that works for us, he gets involved, doesn't he, at all sporting events? And he, he yeah. went to. What was it the Olympics that he went to? Um, what was last year, that big sport thing in Saudi? <laughs> Was it in Saudi? It wasn't the Olympics. It wasn't the Olympics. It wasn't the Olympics. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Let's move past this, shall we? Because it sounds yeah, like not. <laughs> Did he go to Doha? I think he went to Doha or something. And he Doha, went, yeah. I can't like remember timing. what he was doing. Yeah. Like times the sprinters and things like that. And he, yeah, he does cool. that just for a bit of fun. And a bit of a project cool. to flash him. Yeah, yeah. Hey. I like that. 36 and your global IT director and um, yeah. tech by I mean, what an achievement that's that's amazing yeah and cool. um, you've been with tech by for about three three and a half years of you now yeah about three and a half years now yeah. yeah cool fantastic so let's talk a little bit more about I guess your journey um within within tech buyer um what's um how did you because you, I think you start did you start as a tech technical project manager when you first joined yeah I came in as a consultant that's right yeah cool so and then how what did you how did you kind of get from there to where you are today so I came in to help and build 
um, like an internal database application that they were struggling with. Um, so I came in to kind of advise and project manage that and, you know, identify suppliers, stuff like that. Really loved it here. Loved the people at day one, like came in and like sat behind the, like the, the owner, the MD, and just thought he was a wicked guy. Um, we were supposed to be there for like six months and after about four months of like, you know, we like you, get things done. Do you want to stay on? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I was, I was kind of pretty keen on the organisation. The people I worked with, you know, the, the purchasing director is now the MD in the UK, Mick, just thought he was sound. Uh, Josh, the sales director, thought he was wicked. So there was loads of really, really cool people that had like a never-ending list of projects to complete. <laughs> so I knew that even finishing this and walking away wasn't really going to be an option. So they said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I like IT security. Why don't I become your IT security manager and build you an IT team with uh, a technical consultant, James, who works here. They said, yeah, you, you two guys are exactly who we want to be sort of building teams here. So I, I built like an IT team internally because they'd always externally done stuff and kept managing their existing mm. projects. How fantastic um, that was from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we, we took on an apprentice who was like a local school leaver, Tom, mm -hmm. and he was just like a really cool kid. And we just thought, give him a shot, see what he can do. Ended up being incredible. So we built this like little core IT team that was always like built on value. On top of that, it was then, you know, Kev was like, is there anything else we're missing? Could we be going after accreditation? I said, yeah. So we built like a QA function. Um, you know, he said, could you take on the website for any compound view? We could really do the accelerating it. I was like, yeah, no worries. So I ended up having this sort of like multi-purpose team start getting built. So I was then sort of managing an IT team, QA function, um, you know, online and e-commerce side of things and work on digital strategy. Then a research project came up with the KTP and they were like, hey, you, uh, you know tech, why don't you do this knowledge transfer partnership with UEL and uh, Innovate UK? But yeah, cool, I'll manage that. Um, and then after a while, Kev was just like, you kind of tend to touch a lot of areas of business. It would kind of make more sense if you were driving a lot more stuff forward. So do you want to be the IT director? Wow. And I said, yeah, that sounds cool. That's, you know, as long as you mean I can keep tracking on doing good things. Um, so that's, yeah, that was about a year ago. Yeah, that's amazing. You guys have sound like you had so much fun. <laughs> it's cool. You know, it's, all, it's, it's one of those true uh, meritocratic businesses where if you're just someone who does something and tries hard and works hard, you get opportunities. And that's kind of, I always base everything on that. I think if you're going to, if you're going to put everything in, people will recognize that maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but um, you just got to keep doing it. Mm. You know, you've got to just go in every single day and, and own every single day. And uh, it, yeah, unsurprisingly, people that do the same thing kind of congregate together and get great things done. And that's, that's what TechWire is about. Get loads of really people who are really aligned, really focused and really passionate, give an opportunity to achieve things and lo and behold you get a great company building out of that fantastic sounds like you've got some great people fantastic culture um which is amazing so what um i guess i mean obviously we're all going through tough times at the moment we've all got our own challenges um what what's um what are your challenges at the moment like kind of what are pain points are you experiencing um or have you been experiencing more recently uh, I think it's the adoption to remote. We never had a single remote worker at TechBuyer because oh, really? we, we have a big manufacturing capacity here. Like we have a big warehouse. Yeah. So everybody's always been on site. And then pretty much the second it was, could everyone go remote? We got maybe 70, 80 workers remote instantaneously. Um, wow. That was quite challenging. We got done in the IT team in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, there's still challenges. I think we're, ad we're adapting to remote working on what has been a really close-knit team. So our managers are kind of instrumental in that and our, and our directors are doing just a superb job on motivating people. I think it's gone in waves kind of interestingly recently, which is 
everyone excited to be at home and everyone kind of proving they can work at home and crushing it. So everyone kind of approaching a little bit of burnout, putting too much mm. in too soon. Mm. So then kind of needing to take a break but not knowing how to find a space to break. And you have to kind of manage this as you go along, I think. And that's, that's been the challenge is to adapt completely new practices to um, an existing organizational mm-hmm. structure. But we've done, we've done the best we've ever done as a business um, in the last sort of four months. How, yeah, I was going to ask how, what, like, if you've seen any trends in productivity. Yeah, best, we, best we've ever done. And, you know, that's a testament to everybody in the organization that just keeps working hard. The guys in the warehouse haven't, haven't like not come in we put split shifts in so we could keep social distancing stuff like that where they just came in and just just work and work and work and they kind of tr- i think they trust the leadership and that's really important so you know me and the md have been in every single day we go to the warehouse every single day make sure the guys are okay because you know they're a massive priority for us like we don't have that split that organizations have where you know there's value based on different departments everybody in the organizations really good like we've got some superb people here everywhere um, so sometimes you kind of have to make sure that you get around and let them know. Yeah, that's so great. That's good people. Yeah. We're blessed. We've got we've got really good people. We attract good people because you know good people attract good people, and we've got some mm. super. And it sounds like you really look after them and value them and make them feel you know special as they, as they should for the the value they provide. And um, yeah, I, it's interesting what you said about going through different waves we've experienced that as well within transition partners and actually um a few kind of probably about a month or so ago we actually started offering um i mean we had we've got a number of staff on furlough but we actually started offering furlough out to a few people just so that they could have a little bit of a break as well okay yeah yeah Um, which has been really great for us to be able to use the the scheme um in that way i think it's a great scheme um because obviously for us when we were a recruitment business and and you know, from pretty much from week one, we 80, 90% of our business went on hold. Yeah. Um, so it's been, um, yeah, it's been so great for us. Tough, we've yeah. been able to not fail anybody. Well, we furloughed people, but we just paid them. We haven't got any government aid. Um, yeah. We haven't taken any grants, any loans, no, nothing. We've taken nothing globally, not even business continuity loans in America. We kind of felt that because we're doing okay, that mm, aside yeah. from the stuff we're doing to support the community, like we've done quite a lot for the NHS recently, but we also Brilliant. thought there was... There was no reason for us to take any money and i'm quite i'm quite proud of the guys decisions to do that because it would have been easy you know we've, yeah. we've sent people home and have them work from home even if they don't have work to keep them safe but we've just been like well the rest of us will just work that harder to pick up their bit and when they come back they'll do what they always do which is put a great shift in mm-hmm. um so that's that's been really important and i think really good as long as, as, long as you value your people like that decision is an easy one to make mm. yeah definitely and it sounds like you've given lots of people opportunities as well which can be tough I, th- I think sometimes you can do that as you scale up and you grow can't you there's there's opportunities for people to come in and wear multiple hats and take on other responsibilities as you scale up so um, and it sounds like you've done that really well like you say bringing on someone as an apprentice and now what's his role within the IT team then you mentioned someone so he's, he's one of our sport engineers now so he came in on like work experience for drive test yeah. um, and then we were kind of like he seems really cool do you want to do an apprenticeship and he was like mm. uh, okay I hate kind of hate school but I like IT, so that's fine. So he was working like two days wiping drives and then mm. kind of came on as our apprentice and became like the first IT team member. And now he's like a senior member in that team. You know, he's looking, he's done his first level three apprentice. He's, he's like most of the way through his level four now. He's going to probably right. do like technical pre-sales and build an actual pre-sales department and he'll lead that. You know, he's a yeah. 20, 21, 22 year old kid who's just got such a bright future. 
Yeah. Um, you, know, be, you think like what we've achieved, like Nick and I, in regards to how old we are, he'll be achieving twice as much by the time he's our age. Like mm. the guy's just, he's a good kid. Yeah, that's really cool. Fantastic. And um, obviously there's been lots of positives um, across your career, particularly since joining Tech Buyer. Um, yeah. But it'd be brilliant if you can kind of give us one example that always springs to mind that that was like a project failure that you went through you experienced and how you might have done things differently in hindsight or it could be a leadership failure or something a, a, an experience that you've really learned off the back of um it's hard to do one because i think you need to look at every experience to learn off every single one that's the that's the benefit of experiences you learn from everything i haven't ever had a project fail um because i won't let it fail like there's no way i'd let something come out of my hands till it's you know till it's been firmly embedded but mm -hmm. i think there's ones you learn more from and could have mm -hmm. done things better on um there's, and there's been some there was a massive one not that long ago where did everything possibly could but you know what can go wrong does go wrong mm -hmm. um and i think the biggest problem was not of not getting full buy-in from everybody that needed to take a role in it so a lot of it was kind of change management. A lot of it was implementation. A lot of it was technical and brought everyone in at the beginning and consulted and did all that good stuff, but didn't actually make people take ownership for the project in the areas that affected them. And that was a massive learning for me because I thought I'd done everything right. Um, as much as you can do, there's always going to be holes. But I honestly thought, you know, we'd gone through the stakeholder engagement piece. We'd got everybody involved. Everyone knew what they were doing. And then it was only kind of after launch that you were like, I really should have got more people to take ownership of their parts. Because instead what I did was kind of consult them, ask them, implement what they wanted. And then afterwards, when it's too late, it's like, oh man, I really wish it should have done this. And I haven't really given it my full attention. And I think, ah, that's my fault. That I should have, yeah. I should have made them take accountability for every bit that impacted them. I didn't. I kind yeah. of tried to do that thing that you do when you've, when you've been successful and go, it's okay, if I've got this, it's going to be fine. And it was fine, but it could have been mm. better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what it, what it sounds like at Tech Buyer as well. You get, you, you, are able to take that ownership and responsibility, but then also that that brings a lot of great opportunity with it as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, which is brilliant. And um, it'll be interesting then to find out, obviously, from your sporting background. I'm sure this has probably had a big impact on you about you motivating, uniting teams, particularly through the challenging times we're going through at the moment. But then also how you can use that to attract and retain your talent long term. Um, yes, yeah, sports-wise, I've. I've kind of done a lot of sports. Um, I'm kind of, I kind of think if an opportunity comes your way, you should take it, no matter what it is. Um, so, you know, I was a professional MMA fighter back when it wasn't a thing, back when it was still, you know, pretty much bare knuckle in car parks and watch it develop as a sport. And a lot of stuff has been like that. So I, you know, when I decided I was done with that, I moved on to strongman and had a crack at doing like competitive strongman stuff, but I'm tiny, so it was all wow. <laughs> I like did okay did all right not like not like great but like I always enjoyed it you know I started playing American football because I thought ah, you know I could quite like to do some of that so I'll have a go at that and play for sort of like local teams and I think as long as you have an opportunity come your way and you have a crack at it you're never going to regret it mm. um, and I kind of encourage my teams to do the same thing I think from a motivation point of view people are motivated when they're doing something they're passionate about and that they know they've got a someone standing behind them and, and b someone that trusts them so Kind of the, from a motivational point of view, I think the best thing to do is kind of make sure everyone knows that you trust them and that you kind of underneath them to catch them, but that you're not showing them all the time. It's not like a lead by the nose way, but they need mm -hmm. to know that they're supported. And I think that's the most motivational thing you can get is say, if you see an opportunity, you go for it and I won't let you fail, but it'll be your success. 
and I, you know I take great pride in them developing, but I don't take any ownership over their successes. You know that's all on them. It's my job to make sure that they perform um, and that I allow them to do what they want to do. And that's I think you learn that from when from playing a lot of sport as well. Is that some of the stuff it's you on your own and what can you do and how does that impact the outcome of the game? And a lot of the rest of it is how do you make everyone else better by being there? And that to me is the big leadership piece. You don't have to be the best on the field. You just have to be the guy making everyone a little bit better. And if you're doing that, then that's that's kind of that's the role, right? That's that's what leadership is. You don't you don't need to be the A player. You just need to make everyone else go from a C to a B. Yeah, definitely. How do you use that then to kind of as tech buyers grown? Obviously, how big is the team at Tech Buyer at the moment? About 175 of us in seven countries. Most of it's in Harrogate, the head office, so the main warehouse and most of the key support functions. But, you know, when I joined three years ago, there was like 70 people. Yeah, wow. And it was was like just, it just had two or three countries. So the growth's been kind of incredible. That's amazing. And how do you attract and retain the talent then? Um, I think a lot of it's based on how we treat people, how we create opportunities. So... Mm -hmm. If you think of the investment in what we do, you can't know what we do until you get here. Like it's a very, very complicated skill set. So retention's got to be key because for everybody that's been here a year, they're twice as productive or three times as productive as someone else, no matter how good that person is. So every year we develop, it's another 170 years of experience. So we have to maintain that. We have to attract that. So a lot of it's the hygiene stuff, like paying the right salary, you know, letting them have fun, doing what we do. But I honestly think everything is the ownership piece. Like we, everyone has an idea at TechBuyer and I can learn something from everybody here. Like everybody knows something I don't. So, you know, I want to get out of goods out and they want to teach me something. I, I'll be better from learning what they do just from, you know, learning about how they package, how they ship, how they deal with problems. Like, and I think if you apply that to every area of the business and you, you kind of encourage people to pursue their passions, they're going to stay because they're going to be doing what they want to be doing. I love that what you said about every like year it's 170 years worth of experience you'll bring along with you because that's such a great way to look at it isn't it it's brilliant we talk about sustained competitive advantage and that is for me experience you know if we get a load of people that just get better year on year this business is going to just be what it should be mm. it's, it's, all, it's all about the people isn't it and it sounds like you've you very much adopt that great leadership style where you invest a lot of time and support into your people and um, sounds amazing um you've got a very interesting um track record background you've done some great things you've got i'm sure um be great actually to uh, get you out for a few drinks because i bet you've got a lot of good interesting stories to tell <laughs> um what um what I, what I think would be good for the listeners as well is if you could tell us maybe like one of your I'm sure you've got a few but like just one of your main like greatest achievements and and that can be um a work related one or or personal. Um, I'm gonna sound really cheesy here, but like my greatest achievement was like getting my wife to marry me. <laughs> like that's like that's like the thing I'm most proud of is uh-huh. like is like finding somebody and convincing them that I'm an okay person to be around. <laughs> Um, that's so, so lovely like, it's, it's incredibly cheesy but like my like my wife's like my whole life um oh. so that for me is the biggest achievement is kind of getting and maintaining her and like you have to try every day to kind of make sure that's the same case and then you know we had a little boy 18 months ago oh. he just made things even better so like right now he's kind of all my hopes and dreams um yeah. it's kind of really hard to kind of communicate how much he's impacted what I do as a person like yeah. I've always tried to be a really good person. Like I think it's the most important thing you can do is be a good, kind person. Mm. Um, but he kind of has made that better. 
Um, you know, I think everything like what would he do? And he'd probably do something really cool and really funny. And I'm not as funny as my son, but like, you know, I can try and be as good a person as he is. So cheesy though it is, yeah, my main achievement's like meeting my wife. Oh, um, so sweet. That's lovely. Um, but yeah, it just, when you have, I mean, I've, I've got a little boy, mine's just turned five. And the, yeah, I mean, the uh, it kind of drives you and changes, it's just mental, isn't it? Just from as soon as they arrive to, um, yeah, every day and the things that they do and they say are just hilarious. <laughs> we're dealing with we're people business do you know what i mean like i always think like how would i want someone to treat my wife and my son yeah and like you know i would not accept someone treating my wife badly like mm. i just wouldn't and i would be heartbroken if someone was mean to my son even one time and mm. i think you have to remember that everyone you deal with in your business has those relationships with somebody so if you know if you've been dismissive of somebody that's someone being dismissive of your mum, your brother your wife your son that has an impact do you know what i mean like i want this to be the business that someone goes home about and tells their mum about or tells their partner about and goes this is wicked like I love being positive here. yeah yeah and I you know if there was a single conversation where they said oh my boss made me feel terrible today like mm. I'd take that really personally because mm. if my, someone made my wife feel terrible like they'd be in a lot of trouble yeah like she's scarier than I am by a mile like that was incredible so what does your wife do uh, she works for like uh, local council, so she does a role called brokerage. So she finds like care placements for the elderly. Oh, nice. so yeah, she's like she does like a really really useful job. She doesn't like just yeah. sell IT bits. She does some <laughs> beneficial. So I'm super proud of her. Cool. So, well, um, when you just bringing on to the IT selling IT bits, I mean it's tech. It's what the work makes the world go around as well, doesn't it? Um, yeah. On that note, what do you, in your opinion? Um, what do you think is the future of tech? Do you know, like, we're at this kind of interesting point in the world, and I do a lot of talks around, like, sustainable outcomes. So, you know, basically non-zero-sum games. So how, how everyone can win from a people, planet, and, like, profit perspective. Because mm -hmm. um, I think the, the biggest change for us as a, as a tech producer, and this is what we specialise in, is producing sustainable tech solutions. So, like, the amount of energy and carbon and like power that goes into creating ICT equipment is really, really monstrous. You know, like 5% of the world's emissions are generated from data centers. And that's, that's only increasing and that's due to be like six to 8% by 2024. Wow. So like the future of tech is sustainable tech alternatives. Um, and that's, you know, that's what the refurbishment reuse uh, method because recycling isn't really appropriate anymore. Like it's like the last thing you should be doing. It's a good thing, but it's the bottom of the pile. You should be reusing and extending. And I think that's that's what tech is driving towards now is tech not being about use and dispose, but tech being about, um, you know, partial upgrades and incremental performance and things like that. And that's that's, I think, the big change rather than it just always been new, new, new. It's about understanding where tech fits into your environment because it's so integral to everything you do um, and where you can sort of reuse in other areas of your business to be more environmentally sustainable. And, you know, that will improve your profit as well. Um, so for me, it's the sustainable side of things. I think that's that's where everyone needs to be thinking from technological point of view. Interesting. Yeah. Giving me some food for thought. I'll speak to you about that afterwards, actually. <laughs> it's a good opportunity there, just to sell in a little bit about <laughs> tech career and the opportunities. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I genuinely and like passionately believe we do the right thing. Like, refurbishment yeah. is what we yeah, do. Yeah, I love that. We, we can provide new, because sometimes you need the top-level performance, but in like 99% of cases, you don't. You could easily yeah. be using refurbished kit, which will be really cheap comparatively, but also yeah. so much better for the environment because you're extending use phase. 
Like we have to start thinking this way. And you know, you do at home, don't you? You know, I've seen a lot of people think about, you know, using a milkman again, the glass bottle point of view, even though it's more expensive thinking, well, how do I support a local supply chain? How do I ensure I don't just throw away plastic? People are thinking like this and it's going to be the biggest thing on most companies agenda at some point soon. Um, You know, so what we do is really well placed for where the world's going. Mm-hmm. yeah it's fantastic yeah, so you are an extremely busy guy right by the sounds of it you kind of throw your hat in the ring for everything how do you how do you manage all of this what keeps you healthy clearly you're into fitness what keeps you sane how do you how do you manage all of that because it sounds like you're super busy all of the time and you've yeah, got I, I little think, one at home as yeah well. and you've got a baby I, yeah i hate the word busy like i hate the word busy because busy just means that you've not got your priorities in order like you know everybody's busy but it's all contextual you know I'm, I'm no busier than the next guy I just fit a lot more in I've got 24 hours the same as everybody else but um you know when we first had my son I was doing my master's and I was implementing the biggest project I've ever done and it got it all done like you know people go like, oh that guy's really busy it'd be like yeah like but so is everybody else mm-hmm. so that stress management piece is the key piece I think because you can yeah. take more yeah. on if you can manage things better. So organization at the third, the front end is like the big skill. You know, if you can sort your, your work streams and your priorities and get the Q1 things done, then you can kind of achieve more. Takes when really it comes to downtime, yeah, when it, when it comes to downtime, it's about like using your downtime effectively for me. So a lot of like, you know, I love to speak to my mum and my brother, like they're good people to sound off. Talking to my wife, like she's my main stress valve. Like she is so smart. I talk to her about anything and she kind of, me an opinion that I've never thought about I'm sitting there worrying about 20 things and I go these are things I'm worrying about and she'll be like why like just worry about this one thing like the other stuff will take care of yourself and you're like having someone whose opinion you value and you know is so like so good at this sort of stuff really helps but other than that for me it's like training and reading like I'm I have like a voracious appetite for reading I read like a book a week like every single week when do you read what part of the day do you read when uh when otherwise it'd be dead time so like um like this morning it was at half four this morning so like i woke up and was like i could sleep or i could read so i got up and read for an hour and a half and then went like then trained for an hour and a half in the garden and then came in and got up with my son um on a, on a night time it's like you know i don't sit and watch tv i like sit and talk to my wife and discuss things and then when she wants to like switch me off because i'm boring her she'll watch or go on a phone and i'll just read and there's, <laughs> there's always time like there's you can you can't make time but you can allocate it differently you can create it can't you yeah take a book with you you know i don't play on my phone like there's you know scrolling social media it doesn't do much for me mm. um so i sit there and think well what could i achieve i could read a book what's your right. what's your favorite book uh probably marcus aurelius's meditations it's like oh, really? philosophy stoicism and that's yeah. like a really that's a really good book like that's a really good book um yeah that that's that's probably um one that you took like away from that's amazing yeah like learnt loads from it's a really hard read because it's based like a diary of you know a roman emperor yeah but um he's, he was like, like one of the guys that first like developed stoicism as a philosophical method and super interesting like it'll change the way you look at things it's fundamentally a book on how to be a better person like to your yeah. community and to, to your family and stuff so if you read that i think you'll take something away from it brilliant that leads me quite nicely to my last question actually <laughs> is about you mentioned community what's your involvement in the tech community and obviously um 
what sort of events you like to get involved in anything anything that's really interesting that you think other tech leaders or or hopeful to soon to be tech leaders should get themselves involved in um i think play your strengths so you'll find whatever you're doing interesting so like, i work with the guys at the um, innovation forums so i'm an influencer for them so that's a lot about like how to bring innovation into your business mm-hmm. i give them talks on, like interventions innovation scaling and sustainability yeah most tech stuff I talk about is sustainable focused. So like, you know, we publish research papers. We, we do a lot of very, very good research and benchmarking on what we produce. Amazing. Well, it's been fabulous having you on the podcast and hearing all about your story, Rich. So thanks very much for your time. If anyone wants to reach out and get in touch about um, your story or potentially just tech buyer itself, I'm sure there'll be a lot of listeners that are interested. Um, what's the best form of contact for you, Rich? Just hit me up on my email. Like, you know, or put a contact form in our website or something and I'll pick it up. Um, I'm not You're on sure LinkedIn as well, aren't you, Richard? Yeah, I'll link, message me on LinkedIn as well. That's a good shout. Like, add me and connect. Like, you know, everything's about networks, communications and people. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm a human. Get in touch. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's been fab having you on the show. Thanks very much for your time, Rich. Great hearing your story. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. Bye.